Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Okay, and then let's start by, excuse me, speaking to somebody who was there in um, at the Chatsworth Stadium in this game that did not happen. Oh, well, it did happen because Chipper did kick off, but they had nobody to play against. Wanga Serai was there, and um, he's a KZN reporter for Far Post, the growing online publication, and he's going to tell us exactly what happened there. Wanga, good evening, and thanks for speaking to us on SAFM. Hey, good evening, Tabizo, and thanks for having me on SAFM. Thanks, Wanga. Firstly, have you witnessed anything like you saw today in Chatsworth? Yes, yes, a lot. We were posting on social media, Facebook and Twitter. Oh, you've seen something like this before? No, oh no, no, no. So the, I, I'm used to it in amateur football. Yes, yes. <laughs> we used to it a lot in amateur football, and those guys yes. that play social football, the other team doesn't arrive, and then they just have a walkover. But when you went to the stadium today, were you going there to cover the match? Did you expect Royal AM to pitch up and play, or were you going there to see what was going to happen? Well, on my, I just wanted to know what was happening because, firstly, AM is the home team there. So. They are supposed to be the one welcoming the away team, which is cheaper. So I went there to see if cheaper will be welcomed when they got there. Unfortunately, they were earlier, they were earlier than uh, than myself. So I found themselves the cheaper team inside. On it. And Royal AM was not there yet. AM, they were not there. Since I saw the video, the, the president saying they are not pitching, and the CEO also lamenting that they are not going to the stadium. So at some point I felt like maybe they might they might come because I was in contact with some of the players inside the team who were not sure if they are going or not going. Mm. So I decided no, let me be there so that I can take pictures of whatever is going to happen. They the said, unfortunately, it's cheaper when they are alone. Now tell us what happened then when you were there and the Royal AM bus arrived. Just take us through that moment. Because around uh, around two o'clock when when Chipa players were just inside, you see players when they are singing in the dressing room there, and then I think it's during that time whereby the team managers should go for a meeting about the match, mm, and then mm. uh, some officials from Royal M arrived. Uh, I think about three or four cars. They went inside, and then we had hope that okay, this this match is going to start, and then uh, so actually a player uh, confirmed that they were on their on their way to the stadium. After two o'clock, uh, the bus arrived. They didn't even spend five minutes. We heard that they were changing inside the bus oh. because they, they didn't use the main entrance that is normally used. They went to the other entrance. Of course, it's their stadium. They can use uh, any other entrance. Mm-hmm. So we went there, and then the bus. We went back to the main entrance. When we went there, the, the other cars, the other officials were also leaving. And then after about five minutes, uh, Andy led the chairman and the other two cars, sport cars, they arrived like it was a move. If you saw the caption on our social media, it was like a film. They went inside and then left. I mean, they, like, they didn't even take 10 minutes inside. So, and then they just turned around and they left? Yes, Andy went inside. I think they were just getting all their stuff because they were also, some of them even had the sanitizers there and the stuff that they use for matches, the, the balls. But they took everything, they put in the van, and the securities were there. Bear in mind, before before that happened, they, they put a, a van full of securities, and then they were around the entrance. Mm. We were hoping that the bus would come, and then they would, they would be projecting the bus to come in like they normally do. But the bus didn't come, they went to the other entrance. So we were waiting there, we were driving around just where today, trying to figure out what's happening. But at the end of the day, the bus left. And then the, the sport cars came in, in speed missile, and then they left again. 
without an explanation? Uh, the, the only information we got from the players is that they they were not sure what's going on, and then they immediately stopped communicating with us. I think that someone from from the team found out that the players were communicating because even the communications manager from the team uh, just said because I requested from him the team sheet. Mm-hmm. He said no, he was going to send the team sheet, and then about last about uh, ten minutes later, I called again. He was no longer available. So I, we assume that no, they are just pushing out the mess. They are not featuring. Yeah. And where was Chipper United? Where were their players at the time? Around the half past two, Chipper United players went for warm up. Mm. Actually, it was around twenty past twenty past two. They went for warm up, and the officials were also there uh, warming up in, uh, on the pitch. Uh, by that time, there was no one from, and even the security from the stadium they had at that time. We only, but we were not allowed to go inside to see what's happening. And then uh, normally to car quarter to three, they decide to change, and then they, they walk to the. They they <laughs> to my surprise, they went there. They lined up, and then they they went around the the center line, and uh, the ref was the, the officials were there, and the chip the players only. And there was no Royal AM at all. No Royal AM from the lineup. They they even went for moment of silence. The Chipper players they went there alone. Yeah. Okay. And then, so what does it mean when Chipper have kicked off as per the rules? What happened to the status? What happens to the status of the match? Or does PSL have to decide on that? No. The, the, according to the rules, uh, it's rule number fifteen point one three point six. Point one A. It says that the, the team that doesn't uh, feature for the match, if they don't honor the match, they forfeit the match. Mm. And the team that is there, they they are getting three points and three goals. So I I, I believe uh, the referee will will give his match report and the match commission will also give his report. And then for formality, the PSL will sit, the DC will sit. Maybe they'll sit today because they need to finalize everything soon. Mm. Maybe they'll see today to finalize everything. By tomorrow, we might uh, wake up to cheaper having six points on the mini lock. Okay. And just back to Royal AM now, Wangasarai arriving at the stadium. They, the, so you're saying the players did not get off the bus. They were changing inside the bus and then the cars of the management came. And then after that, the bus just turned around. Yes, yeah, so you, 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 I'm, I'm not sure if you if you you've been to Chatsworth because there's a main entrance where everybody comes in. Mm-hmm. There's there's also another entrance at the back. They, so the bus went to the back, the entrance on the back, and then when we went there, they, they, we saw that there were players inside, mm. and then we, we we heard that they were they were changing because we were in touch with one one of the players from the team. Uh, just after well, less than five minutes, the bus took off. And then we went straight to the main entrance. That's where we saw the other cars leaving the stadium. And as somebody who's covered Royal AM or who's familiar with Royal AM, what did you make of their action today? Were you surprised or is it something that you would have expected from them? It, it, it is something that I expected from them because the, uh, two days ago, I think on Saturday, I spoke to the, uh, pre- the president of the team, uh, Mom Keys. Mm-hmm. Uh, she assured me that they are not honoring the match. Uh, she also said they've got a, a, a case there. Uh, but but she, she didn't want to go into detail or what do the details on what case they they have because when when I, I said to her uh, the PSL has appealed whatever uh, appeal that you had she even laughed about the appeal that the PSL the, the PSL appealed the appeal 
if you remember, <laughs> yes, Judge, yes, Judge, Nyati, Judge Nyati uh, said uh, Royal AM are in their right not to attend the playoffs. Actually, Judge Nyati said the playoffs are suspended until there's the, 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 the hearing whereby uh, another judge will uh, will uh, will give EPSL the right to hold the playoffs. So after 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 all all, all those hearings, I spoke to her and she said, no, they are not uh, appearing at the stadium. They are not honoring the match. Even the I also read about the, the CEO singing if you think they are yes. not uh, honoring the match. Yes, we. So it, it, it was something expected from them because. Uh, they believe they've got a case because they, they they are hoping to go to the constitutional court and even the uh, cast if it needs be because they believe they've got a case and they want to be number one on the Great Africa Championship block. Yes, and as somebody who speaks to the players or who's familiar with the players, how would you say they've taken this? Have they been training first of all? Were they prepared to play? In your opinion, I, I, I was I was worried about the players' state of mind because players have not been training. We spoke. I spoke to there's another player who left the team. I also spoke to him. The players have not been training. They're actually, they they, they were told that they they, they, are, they are supposed to go to the stadium today. I, I agree. They they stay in, in the clubhouse. So they said they are close. So they have to go there. I spoke to the president. She told me that oh, the players uh, uh, they don't need to train because there's nothing to train for. But I think the players are oh. training on their own, or even if there is no uh, proper training, formal training, they are training on their own because the season, uh, the preseason is going to start next week. So they need to be fit, by the way. They need to go there themselves fit. Next season, they are not going to play in the playoffs. So players, uh, uh, on their, their mindset, are not uh, ready for this kind of, of matches, the playoffs, because it's tough there. Uh, even the player that we were speaking to, uh, he told us, we are not ready but we are here because we have contract with the team and we need to honor our contract so it's, it's, it's going to be a very tough exercise moving forward even if they are to honor the next match on Thursday because players need to train they need to be fit mentally mm. and physically sure that's yeah that's that that, that that's puts another spin to it now that players have not been training and they're not prepared for these playoffs and do you think they've got a say here yeah, they've got a choice does it matter how they feel uh, the, the way the way we, uh, Mom Keys uh, paints the picture, she's always said they are a, a big one, big family to Royal M. Mm. Uh, but you, if you look, if you listen to what the players are saying, it's a totally a different story. Uh, bear in mind, the players can't, can't speak to the media. Mm. Uh, they can't come out and say, "No, this is what is happening," because they've got contacts with the team. They need to respect the team. Uh, on the other side, management is painting a picture that they, have, they are a big, big, heavy family. Uh, moving forward, I think uh, we will see a lot of players leaving the team if things uh, continue this way. Because uh, the players who helped the team to play it was last season are the same players who are supposed to just uh, take off and go to the field without uh, getting uh, any preparations for the match. And just finally, Wonga, um, as somebody once again who's covered football in KZN or, or Royal AM, they've come across as being obnoxious, as being spoiled brats from, from, from those who are watching from a distance. They've come across as being fleshy and they're known as show-offs. Is that the right impression of them? Uh, I I put it that leaving uh, aside the owner of the team because she, she's a businesswoman, she's a socialite, but if you look at the the, the, the way the players behave, how the, it's totally different. But 
communicating and interacting with the players, you can say that these people are professionals. Uh, I don't have uh, social ideas, also uh, something with uh, football. So if, if you look how they behave, they are just soccer players, um, and they they are willing to talk team on the field of play, if you've seen the matches last season. Uh, actually, even before the, the, the three, last three matches of the season, the players were there. You would see that they are there in the field to, to fight for the team. They were present. Their minds were present. So, I, I, I wouldn't say that they, they, are, they are celebrities on yeah. the field. Uh, is it I, management that has created this impression? Actually, even the, I think the issue is, is is the fact that every time there's an interview, the president is there. I think it's creating a a wrong impression about the team because when you interview the chairman, I don't think the president should be there. When you are interviewing the player or even anyone who is the man of the match, it should be the player. But the the, the perception and the, the the idea that we have about the team has changed because of the, the president. She's always there. I think she's painting a picture that they are one big family. Mm. At the same time, she wants to, to be seen as someone who takes care of her players, which is I don't think is wrong, but maybe it's too much. And do you expect her to fight all the way, like you said? Uh, on this one, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be very hard for her because I've, I've spoken to a few people who know uh, football, uh, sports law, and they, they, all of them are saying this lady she needs to, to she needs to sit down and she needs to be advised by the right people because uh, looking at what is happening now, she, she's gonna lose more money and lose the status at the same time. Even the the the, the, the chance she's getting of playing playoffs. Now she's forfeited the game today. If they don't pitch on Thursday, they must kiss the players goodbye, and then the team will go back to the NFT. Even if she fights all the way, mm. I don't see them coming back and getting the the the, the, the first position in the Great Africa Championship. Finally, do they have fans, Royal AM? Because when I've seen some of their games, there are always celebrities at the stadium. And the reason, <laughs> I, no, the reason I'm asking is I want to find out how do the fans of Royal AM feel about this whole situation. Actually, they do have fans. They do have fans. They, you see, in KZN, people love football. And mm. in KZN, people, they love their own. They support their own. So the people, there are people who have, who have a Royal M regalia in KZN, in Deben and my respect. They wear those those churches. Not the Royal Eagles one. The one that was mm. used this season. So they do have fans. They do have supporters. And the, the, the people love their team. So... It's a, it, even when you talk to the people, they they feel like the team has been robbed. Okay, that's they what believe, I wanted to find They believe out. football should be free, to be played on the on the pitch, not in offices or in boardrooms. Okay, no loud and clear, Wonga. Thank you for speaking to us uh, tonight on SAFM and for covering uh, this story. You gave us some lovely updates there on social media this afternoon, blow by blow, about what was happening at the Chatswood Stadium. Thank you very much, my brother. Thanks. That's Wanga Serai. You can also check him out on social media. He is on Twitter and he is a reporter based in KZN for fast-growing online publication, Far Post, there. And uh, he's, they even had videos today of what was happening at the Chatswood Stadium with this drama of Royal AM. So interesting. And and like we did when we, last week when we spoke to Safpu, the SA Football Players Union, nobody's talking about the welfare of the players here. And that's why we had brought Safpu to the show last week. And the president, President Tulakhanyo Khaushubelo, was telling us that the, he's worried about the mental state of the players. Are they seeing psychologists because they don't know whether they're playing today, whether they're playing tomorrow? He made a um, mention of 
Royal AM that they were given medals and a trophy at the end of the season and mentally how does that affect them now that a court has come back to say no but you're not the champions of the Glad Africa Championship Skukune are the champions how does that affect them and he also raised an issue about players run, running out of contract at the end of the month which Wonga touched on and the other important one for me that Southpool raised was the issue of rest it sounds simple but rest we've had a hectic schedule here with the challenges caused by the pandemic and players need to rest before they can start the new season which I don't know now if we're going to start in time with all this drama that is that is happening but nobody's taking the interest of players into account here and as we as Wonga painted a picture there he says he's been speaking to the players of Royal AM they are not training they're just staying in the clubhouse even their president has told them don't train you're not going to play this playoffs there's no need for you to train because we are not playing this playoffs so yeah no that's really unfortunate folks but on that note we're going to continue the discussion and we're going to speak to a former player he 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 knows about these things then as a player how important the rest is and the mental aspect and the physical aspect of the game but he's also the founder and owner of sports boardroom and he wrote an interesting article in the city press this past sunday and that's why we've invited him again on on, on the show and he talks about the administrative side of south african football at safm radio and at tabiso musia on twitter and let's broaden the conversation now and take it to the boardroom and we are joined on the line by a former professional player with Amazulu and owner of Sports Boardroom Squilly Kumeda. Mr. Kumeda, good evening. Thanks again for being able to speak to us on SAFM. Good evening, my brother. Uh, good evening to your listeners, and it's always a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Just just tell, just remind us again what is Sports Boardroom all about? So Sports Boardroom is, is um, a, 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 it's dedicated to a blog that really... Uh, an entity that develops and and advances the understanding of the business of sport. So so we 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 committed to creating um, the information and knowledge and, and 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 ensuring that we we spread that information in the marketplace to to develop our industry by advancing the understanding of the business side of the sport. Lovely. You can also check them out on social media, spot underscore boardroom there. And Mr. Skulis Kumed is also on uh, social media. Now, I've, I made reference to your article in the City Press. It got a lot of attention, um, even when it was shared on social media the following day. What prompted you, firstly, to write that article in the City Press? Well, I mean, one of the things that I, I try to, 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 uh, to write about is, is really... Um, giving a, a sense of a perspective of what the impact of some of the things that we, we see playing around are on the, on the commercial side of the business. So, so there's a, a, a drama that's kind of play, playing in the courts in this country, which all of us are, 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 are you know, focusing on, which is, is, is obviously um, today there was a mess that should have taken place, but it didn't. But what is not being discussed there is what the implications, the commercial implications of that uh, would be. So, so for example, today there's a whole bunch of people that that were out there to produce that football match. The, the cost of doing that mm. to a broadcaster is is significant. Let not, not to mention uh, the advertising revenues that uh, suddenly would be lost because. Uh, you, you know, you you haven't produced the match, and therefore the ad has not played. So there is a huge amount of implication that goes into something like that, uh, and of, co- of course, going beyond that. So, so I, I always try and 
give people a, a different perspective for, to what they see. Generally, people just write about how this is embarrassing for, for the league and, mm. and the clubs, etc., etc. But not enough people are talking about what is that doing for those who are putting their money behind this, the sponsors, the, the, the advertisers, the broadcasters, uh, whose, whose money is in, in, in sport. Yes, and you remind me that the first match was also not on TV, and no. that was a surprise to many people. Well, it could not be, because remember remember that it was only decided on Saturday afternoon, yes. I think, that, that there would be. So so by that time, the truck needs to be leaving Oakland Park or, or mm. Redback to go to... So you need to be booking people, and, and, and so it goes. So... Yeah, and, 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 and as a broadcaster, you, you've paid for that match to be broadcast, uh, if you're a broadcaster, and now it's not, you know, now it, it's, it's not being broadcast because the league could not give you a confirmation that the match will be taking place. Yes, even for the last game of the season in the Glad Africa Championship, I um, got it on good authority that the sponsors were actually already preparing for a trophy handover. They, 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 they flew to the one city to make sure that everything is in place for the trophy handover, but no champions were, were declared, and they spent a lot of money on that process well, also. Exactly. So, 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 so other than that, to be so, 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 Having worked for one of the major global sponsors uh, in my past, so a, a part of the marketing program that is developed year on year is, is aligned to some of the investments that we make. So, so, so in, in the case of uh, in this case, the, 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 the league sponsor would have then built its own program to culminate with the end of the league. Mm. So, so, so on the day when they're presenting the trophies, they have a huge campaign on, on TV probably and on print mm. showing off their, their company. What happens then? You know, so, so, and, and, um, and we know that uh, a, a lot of the, the attention obviously goes towards the end of the season because that's, that's when everyone is watching. It's, it's, it's a climax. And if the climax is an anti-climax, it's a huge hit for a sponsor. It is something that uh, a sponsor would literally walk away from, from, from the league as a result and, 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 and frankly say, you know what, this is not what I, I signed up for and, and uh, you guys haven't uh, fulfilled your, your side of the bargain, so I am entitled to walk away from this. And now, how do you describe where we are as South African football off the field, especially after the events of the last couple of, of, of weeks and today where AM boycotted their match? We, we are at a, at a proper low point, uh, but 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 uh, it is this is not uh, just a single event. That we saw. It has Correct. been coming for a while. We, we we know that it's been coming for a while, and uh, it's been coming because over the years we've had these warnings that uh, one day you know this thing is going to uh, blow up in our faces and it would create a huge sense of embarrassment. We, we look like a bunch of amateurs uh, for for a nation that has hosted the World Cup, and therefore we've seen football at its very best, at its very highest. We have a, we have a proper league in this country. We, we, you know, our, our league, certainly as a, commercial, as a commercial entity, is the biggest on the continent by far. I mean, our clubs are not the biggest. So, so we, 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 we often hear this thing about our league being one of the best top ten in the top world. It never, it, it never has been. It, it's, it's just a, a, a misnomer. It, there's never been... There's no measure in which our league is in the top 10 in the world. Whether you're looking at the attendances or you're looking at the revenues or you're looking at the size of the clubs 
or you're looking at the, the prize money, there the, the isn't. So so that that, that was touted and, and, and repeated by a number of people, but mm. it's not true. Uh, but on the continent, we are we are a big league. Okay, we as a commercial entity, we are we are certainly the big the biggest league uh, from, from what we, we can see. So so to to go through what we're going through now and and, and look like a, a bunch of amateurs who really don't know what they do, who don't understand their own rules, uh, is is a, is a huge sense of embarrassment and and and, and a, a real shame. And where do we look for answers of who should take responsibility for where we find ourselves in now? The league. The, the league. The, the league is a, is a... The league, if, if, if you know, we, we, if you allocate the responsibilities for the blame, of course things like this happen because a whole bunch of things have not happened, right? So, 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 so a lot of people will take responsibility for this at the end. But ultimately, the, 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 the culprit number one in this case is the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the, the the league just simply haven't done its, its job. Uh, the, the league should never should should have dealt with um, this issue. Um, in in, in I'm, honestly, if this league if this issue had been dealt with in in February or in January when it happened, um, we we I, I I doubt that we would be here. Maybe we would have, but I doubt that we would have been here. If the league had insisted that when the arbitration uh, was awarded, which is the ultimate step, which is essentially in in football language, our constitutional court. <laughs> that should have been the end of the matter. Mm. But 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 the league, I think, became party to taking this matter beyond that arbitration process, which which also then got us in, in this position. I I, I do think that um, it's yeah. I mean, it, it, the league would, would take the biggest share of the responsibility. You also say in that article that I make reference to that um, many would argue that had the conflicted club officials not sought to effectively create a nearly closed league, the crisis would not take take place. Can you expand on that? Well, <clears throat> one of the things that we, the last time I was here we, we, we were discussing is, is this uh, broadcast the uh, playoffs, yeah, premier so, so yes. if if we had a a straight two up two down. Like we like we do on all on all, all, all the leagues in the country, we, we wouldn't be here, right? Because mm. one team would have been promoted as number one uh, as champions, the other team would be promoted as number two. There will be no playoff, and 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 they, 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 there will still be maybe a battle about who is number one, mm-hmm. but there wouldn't be a playoff drama that we've had. Mm. So 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 that's what I, I meant. I, and the other thing I'm I'm saying when I so I was looking at before I came here. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2017, I think it was, a lot, a lot of Pirates uh, went on rampage at Loftus after um, mm. a, a match against Celtic. Do, do you recall when that matter was finalized? took like 18 months or so. Correct. I remember. Now, uh, I, I'm, 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 and I'm not making an, accus- an accusation here on, 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 on the club or the officials, but, but the fact that the chairman of the league it was this club that was involved in something like this. I think just made things very difficult for the officials to act. Not necessarily because the chairman was probably, uh, you know, threatening them or anything like. Just because he is in the vicinity, he is there. I think people go like, okay, so do we charge them? How do mm. <laughs> what do we charge them? So, there's a reason why all around the world the leagues are run by 
independent people. In the U.S., when you look at the NBA, they are commissioners for all of their top leagues. In, 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 the, in England, Richard Masters is the chief executive of the league. You're never going to hear the Premier League conversations being led by uh, the chairman of uh, Arsenal or, or, or Manchester United. It is Richard Masters. Because you want to create a sense of independence of the league that is beyond reproach. And, 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 and the fact that, I mean, if this matter, if, God forbid, if this matter had involved a, 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 a Kaza Chiefs or a super, super Sport or any of the teams whose members are in the executive committee, the fact that they are so powerful and so involved in the day-to-day running of the league will always have clouded uh, the judgment on, on whether or not the league is, big, is acting in the interest of the league or just that particular special member. And that, that for me is why I, I think I've always believed that, that the league should should find a way of distancing the club club owners from the day-to-day running of the league, and they haven't. And, 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 and part of what we're seeing here with this is exactly that, 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 that mess, the result of it. And where does this leave SAFA, Mr. Squilikumete? Because ultimately the league is a special member of SAFA and SAFA is the one that is responsible for the running of our football. Well, in in, in my opinion, Chris, I specifically raised two issues. One of them is that when uh, Mr. Matuto was running for CAF, President Chodine said he had to leave his position as president of Sunder. Um, if, if that rule is in place, then it has to follow that if you're running for a, a senior position, then in, in, in an entry like a PSR, you you can't also stay in the club. Um, so 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 for me, um, the, if if PSR cannot self-regulate and put these rules in place then SAFA, as the ultimate authority and regulator of the game, should be the one who says, um, if, you are, if you are to run uh, for the position in the league, um, you, you, can't, you can't continue to hold a position in the club. Because it just creates an inherent conflict of interest. And, and, and people are going to say, yeah, but, you know, they, they, they can separate these things. But, well, we, we know that the reason why there's a term conflict of interest is because whether it's real or perceived, it is, it is not desirable. Mm. And, 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 and for, so for me, I do think that Sansa should, um, should, should come in here. One of the things that they should do is take control of the enforcement and discipline. So in, in the Premier League, if you have been, uh, if, if you've violated any of the, the provisions in the in this Premier League, like uh, violent conduct, you, you, get chance, you, you get chance by the FA, not mm. the Premier League. If, 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 if you first cause uh, trouble in stadium, you get charged by the FA, not the Premier League. And again, it's based on that very same principle that you can't have organizations self-policing, particularly in, in an event where the club officials themselves are so, are so powerfully um, present in the day-to-day running of the league. So basically, the mother body is not in control of the situation or of their members. The, the, the mother body needs to take much stronger control of how their, their members uh, implement um, the, 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 you know, the, 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 the rules of, of the game. The mother body 
should have come should have come out far more strongly. And I, I know that I mean that Tembuka uh, did, did come out and, mm. and uh, Mr. Bakante did come out and, and say that uh, the the uh, the ruling should have been implemented. But but I think that it should have come out a lot more strongly and say if you if you take this thing to the court and you, if you don't stop your members from taking this thing to the court, there will be consequences because you are in violation of the of the FIFA statutes for which Safa in, in this country is the is the custodian. Finally, you also raised concerns about having a broadcaster as the main sponsor of the league, something you've raised here on the show when it was announced. Just for those who missed it, what's your gripe here? Or, or why do you think it's not, it's, not, it's, it's not ideal? Why is it not ideal? Let me use that word. Well, um, well there's two, two things to be said about that. So, so, so first of all, I think I think it, it must be said that the, the, the league is is very is, is, is very fortunate to have a, a partner that is so uh, invested in the game, um, and and and, uh, and 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 the league should be congratulated for that. However, when you have one single entity that has as much influence on the game as as the sponsors of, of the league who are broadcasters also own a club and, and therefore become a part owner of the league and also have a member of the executive committee and therefore make them an operational executive of the league. You, you, you just, you, 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 as I'm talking, you can see why that's the problem, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You, you, so, 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 um, so, you not only are the major sport of the league, you're also the broadcaster, you're also a co-owner, but you also run the league. Uh, because effectively, the, 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 the executive committee of the, of the PSL runs the league. Uh, and they, they are the guys who really make the call. I mean, the, the, you know, the, everyone else, the, the executives, the people who should be executives are really implementing the decisions of the executive committee. So, mm-hmm. so that, again, creates a, a significant issue from a governance point of view and from a conflict of interest point of view. So when, when Mr. Matthews stands up in the meeting and says, I think X and Y should be happening, saying that in his capacity as a, a club owner, a representative, you, you have no idea whether this is now a message coming through to us from a broadcaster mm. or from, from our main sponsor. And when you stand up and, and maybe go against that, you, you, you have no idea whether you're now uh, going against something that is, is perhaps a message that's coming through. So it just puts an unnecessary tension and, um, and a, a sense of conflict that is difficult to manage. Okay, now let's leave it there, Squilly. You've given us a lot. I'm sure we'll catch up with you again soon. But thank you uh, for your insight. And uh, the, your article in the City Press was really well received. So we're looking forward to more of the same from you. No pressure. Squilikumeda, former Amazulu player and founder and owner of Sports Boardroom. You can follow them also on social media. We'll just take a breather and we'll uh, speak to Janine Van Vek, who's back in the country and back in the Banyana Banyana setup. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. And let's say good evening to Janine Van Vek. Hello, Janine. Thank you for speaking to us on SAFM tonight. Good evening. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You are in the Banyana Banyana camp. I don't know when was the last time I said that, <laughs> but how, how how good is it to be back in the national team? And when was the last time you were there? Oh, it feels really good to be back. It's been two years. Um, the last time I was in camp, 
was uh, in 2019 August with the Kosafa Cup. Mm. So it's been a it's been a long while. I'm I'm really happy to be be home actually. And I, and I saw you took a selfie, you put it up on social media. It sounds like you're still as excited as you were from the beginning by being part of Banyana. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's always an honor and a, and then a privilege to play and represent your country. Um, and I'm just grateful that I still, you know, are getting these opportunities to play. There's so many, you know, youngsters and great talented players coming through. And yeah, I'm just happy that I'm just given the chance um yet again to, you know, showcase myself and represent my nation. Wonderful. And how does it feel to be back home after your impressive exploits in Scotland? No, it feels great to be home. Um, you know, we always say there's no place like home, and that is so true. You know, no matter whatever a good time that you have, wherever you are, you still, you know, miss your your people, you miss your food, you miss your family, you just miss the country and the the, the the welcome that you get from from your your fellow brothers and sisters so it feels good to be home and how was life in scotland scotland was really good um you know uh, i was a bit afraid to go there at first because i hate the cold and i was <laughs> when i first arrived it was snowing and um yeah it, it was a huge adjustment for me but it was also a nice experience i mean us south africans never get to train or play in the snow mm. um but Everything else, winning the league, the training, yeah, it was just top class and I enjoyed every moment of it. And how's the standard of football that side? Uh, the, the, the standard is really high. It's competitive, um, especially at training. You have some quality players. You have some great internationals that make up that team, um, you know, from Sweden, from um, Costa Rica and, and it's the, the standard is, is really high but um, yeah you get your one or two odd teams that are still trying to develop and you know make a big name for themselves but you have your likes of Rangers and Celtic that everyone knows about mm-hmm. that are top teams class teams and yeah it was a really tough and competitive season that I thoroughly enjoyed and a successful one too winning the league I mean how, how what does that mean for the club and how has it been received? Yeah, for us, I mean, that's the 14th time in a row that Glasgow City has won this <laughs> this title. Um, and they, they were saying that this year was the most competitive and most toughest one um, because, you know, Rangers and Celtic and other teams have invested a lot in players um, to make it full-time. So it was really competitive. Um, the first part of the season, we were sitting second on the table with six points behind. And then the second part of the season, we just went out and, you know, undefeated and, um, you know, had many clean sheets and we were out to win it. And we did exactly what we did. And you don't score a lot, but when you do, you make sure that you score crackers. <laughs> I mean, there's a goal we saw on social media. I actually saw it on the JVW uh, Twitter account, long range effort. Which game was that? Yeah, that was against um, Hearts. It was, yeah, it was also, you know, it was one of those games where where things didn't go right for us and we were, you know, we were, we had to win that game and then obviously me coming in and the second half and and scoring such a goal, it was obviously a, a moment to remember for me, um, but I'm just happy that I could contribute to the team. 
And I was about to ask individually, how do you look back at the season? We know you've been hampered by injuries even when you were going to Glasgow there. Um, mm-hmm. How do you look back at your season then? I think I've had a fantastic season. I, I think it's probably the best football I've played in a while um, since after the World Cup. Um, you know, COVID happened, injuries took place. So there were there was really a, a time, especially in 2020, for all of us that it was really depressing and to, to try and get yourself out of that um, that bubble to just keep motivated and being encouraged to just go out and give your best. I think after all that and the, the struggle and the challenges that I faced in that year and um, with the injuries and all, um, having such a season and contributing to the team's title um, 14 times in a row, it just felt good and I feel good. Uh, I'm happy to be back in the country and I mean, we have a big game coming up for Banyana, um, although it is, is a friendly, but we play the best in the world, which is the Netherlands at the moment, um, a top three team in, in the world. So yeah, it's going to be a, a bit of a challenge, but I think all the players are so excited and um, having come from a season like I had personally, I think you know, I feel good to lead the team again. And you also played Champions League this past season, Janine. We were following your post there. It was amazing to see how professional it was, that Women's Champions League. How was that experience for you? Yeah, it was a good experience. It's something, you know, that it's not many players can say that they've played in the Champions League. And um, it is really so professional and well-received. And, um, yeah, it's, it's it was amazing Amazing experience for me, even though we had a bad result in the quarterfinals against, you know, one of the best clubs in the world, which is Wolfsburg from Germany. Mm. Um, but just being there, out there and being playing in the Champions League um, was, yeah, definitely an amazing experience and a memorable one. And we also saw you in the Scottish Women's Premier League team of the season there, uh, Janine van Veek. How much does that mean to you? Um, is it a vote of confidence for the season that you've had? Like you just told us that it was one of your best seasons. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I went there knowing that I needed to step up my game after all the injuries of not playing so um, for so long. And I went there with the aim to do well for the team. And I mean, I, I kind of had pressure on myself because people were talking about me being the biggest signing in the Scottish League. Mm-hmm. So I had to make sure that I uphold that standard um, of football myself and, you know, just showcase what, what I'm about. And um, I'm just happy that, you know, I got recognized by the league and um, especially with the individual awards from the club being the coaches player of the year and, um uh, an award from the, my teammates being the most positive and influential player in the team. So I would say it's probably one of my best seasons I've had in, in my career. And then on that note, a lot of people have been wondering whether you'll be going back to Glasgow then or are you looking <laughs> to continue your football here? Because while you've been in Glasgow, JVW, your club have been going about their business doing so well here at home. Yeah, I mean, it is a tough one. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, I mean, the, the club is growing day by day um, and it needs my attention. And um, it is difficult to choose between, you know, your own football club and making sure that it runs smoothly in a professional manner um, and that we kind of reach the goals that we want to achieve, um, but also my own football career. But... You know, I've always wanted to play in the National League for 
for my club or any team. I've mm. waited my whole career for a, a league set up as it is today for women. Um, so it would be either or I would find happiness playing, you know, in my own country for my own club. Um, and, you know, whether I go back or not, I did get offered a contract um, oh, from okay. Glasgow again. Um, but it's just about making that decision on what I do because, I mean, there's some some personal things that I need to also take care of here at home. Um, so it is really a tough decision to make at the moment. Mm. And what do you make of the progress of your club, Janine? And what was the idea of starting this club? What was the vision? No, the vision was purely to give women or girls an opportunity to to play football. Um, this was launched or created 10 years ago. And um, if you think back 10 years ago, not many people knew about, you know, one single football club, woman female football club in our country. Um, no one really understood um, that there was even a league for women in our country. So I wanted to change that. And um, I saw so much talent coming through, um, especially from, from schools level. And there was just nowhere for these young girls to go, these talented girls to go, and which is why I created a, a football club for them to come in and, you know, express themselves, express um, their talents and being in a comfortable environment and not having to, you know, start playing with the boys and end up nowhere after playing with the boys. So that is in a nutshell why um, I started this program. And yeah, we we started in 2012. We only started with 13 players. And currently at JVW Football Club, we host over 100 girls that are wow. part of the club. So it's had had developed, you can just see the growth of women's football in our country. Um, and it's amazing to see how, how fast it's, it's just grown. So I'm really proud of, of having this program and giving an opportunity and a platform for, for these young girls to, to fill in. And it's also wonderful to see what they do on social media, what they do off the field, Janine, the booklets, the, how they put up the team sheets it's, mm-hmm. and how they were streaming the matches. It is really so impressive. They're so far ahead of everybody, including some of the clubs in it, the PSL. And well done to you and the Thank team you. there, JVW. We just wanted to catch up with you, Janine, and just highlight the fact that you're back home. We're happy that you're home and in the national setup. All the best in camp and for the match against the Netherlands. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's good to be back. Thank you, Janine. A stalwart of South African football, uh, Janine van Veek. They're still going strong, still happy to represent her national team, even after so many appearances at the age of 34. How many appearances does she have, Timmy? She's got over 160 or 170. I remember the last time we spoke to her, she had surpassed 160, if I remember correctly. That is really a legend of the beautiful game. Anyway, we're going to have to leave it there. It is a time for news. If you missed any of our interviews with Squili Kumede or with Wonga Serai, who was at church with today when Royal AM boycotted their game, you can always catch the podcast on iono.fm.